Hi everyone! Welcome to the Curiously Creative Podcast. Curiously Creative loves creativity and inspiring people to follow their own creative curiosities. We hope to bring you a bit of joy and inspiration with everything we do so that you can fall in love with creativity too. I'm your host, Akriti Lee, and each month I share conversations with all kinds of creative people who share their journeys and unique perspectives around their own creativity. We hope these conversations help us understand our own creative process and have the courage to live more creative lives. Today, I'm excited to be presenting the very passionate, meticulous, and inspiring Alistair Walker. Alistair is one of the co-creators of Caretaker, a bespoke New York-style cocktail bar inspired by the golden era of bartending. A cocktail connoisseur for over 12 years, with experience and learning with some of the best in the world. With hosting as his core value, Alistair's passion and meticulous approach to cocktails draws on classics created in the 18th, 19th and early 20th century to create bespoke drinks and experiences. Thank you for taking the time to sit with me today. Um, I guess the first question I'd like to ask is, how did this caretaker first start out for you? Was the vintage... New York style bars, cocktails, and interest in something you wanted to pursue from a very early on. Yeah, um, myself and my wife have been working in um, in a bar in, in Melbourne, and that stems uh, back in New York. One of the guys from the New York bar opened up his own in Australia, and that's where we came to know the guys then. And just through that method and style of drinking, they really progressed, and it was really concentrating on the old style of cocktails, taking those very simple recipes and just simply doing that that alone use fresh ingredients and hanker ice and move away from the 80s pre-mixed kind of, you know, juices. No pina coladas. Oh, <laughs> pretty magical drink. But um, getting back into using fresh fruit. So from that from that kind of basis, we, we learned what we what we know now and we, we wanted to keep it going and we just fell in love with the idea of it, this kind of just keeping things simple. Yeah. And then as a caretaker, really, the idea was more... We wanted to do a less formal version mm-hmm. of what we have been doing, a bit more working class in a sense of where where I'm from and things like that. So it's a few more ties to personal kind of who we are and that kind of thing. So we put our own little twist on it, and from that we we were lucky enough to meet some of the other owners yeah. that then put the hard yard in. So in terms of business and all those complicated things that we're still learning about, mm-hmm. fantastic. Wally Wally of owners he came up with the, the name caretaker and just kind right. of rolled from there. So how long was it? From getting the idea to then getting to a point where you guys were ready. It would have been about two and a half years, years ago that we were talking about it. Yeah. But as it really took form once the space was available, mm-hmm. because there was a long delay in the actual building being renovated. Right. So we just had a lot of downtime to, to prepare and think and yeah. that kind of consideration. It wasn't really until we'd stick our heads into the, into the construction site that we really started to get a feel of the size and, right. and what needed to go into that. To make it what it is. Whilst we were in that downtime, we were working in the different venues within the group. So we got a fantastic time to meet and see all these other young bartenders and get to know them. And this group, were they a particular collective? They're the guys, they, they started off uh, in Christchurch and mm-hmm. they bar there and they just did really fantastically well. And they ended up opening up the Mexico group. Oh, yes. Um, okay. And then there's a few other bars and restaurants around in, the, in this area. So it's been in partnership with them. Yeah, that's it. I see. But in terms of design as well, that was very much a lot of them. Mm-hmm. They had designers and things like that that helped us put words into into creation. Yeah. And Nick, one of the owners here, was very much part of that. 
when I was prepping for this interview, though, I found out that the the tabletops in the bar are made from repurposing doors from a hundred year old house, <laughs> and I've seen the ceiling before, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But I didn't know that it's actually one thousand broom handles that you varnished and waxed yourself. That's right. When I read that, I was like, <laughs> um, what? <laughs> It took me a while, so I'm not going to lie. I was like, how do you get to a point where you go, you know what, I'm going to find 1,000 broom handles and I'm going to put them up on the ceiling. What was that process like? And then generally, how do you come up with your ideas for your, you know, projects, your your events, your cocktails, and your decor in this respect as well? Well, regards to the broom handles. I very much wanted something functionality, something where we can move the light fittings around the rooms, something that we could hook the hook the lights on. And Nick had previously had this idea of covering the whole ceiling in broom handles because yeah. he'd come up with a caretaker idea and wanted to push it in every way he could. Um, and it just fit perfectly. So the, uh, practically it works fantastic because if we do need to move a chair, we can yeah. just simply hook it up onto a different broom handle. And then um, in terms of just getting it done, good fun, I'd sit in the basement, listen to my heavy metal and... But how did you find the broom handles? I wasn't sure. He just he, one day he just turned up with a thousand broom handles. There's there's nine <laughs> there's nine hundred and seventy on the on the on the ceiling. And what about the tabletops? So the, that was a that was a lucky find. One of the guys found just this building being who's going to get torn down. Yeah. And we took a lot from that. We also took a lot from just inside the building itself. There yeah. was a crawl space with leftover pressed tin and uh, wooden beams, which are now the bar top. Yeah. Which is fantastic. There's the cedar wood actually for the flooring was going to get thrown out from a wood, wood mill, oh, and it it's yeah. just it smelled amazing yeah. when you lay it down. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty much it. So it's all lucky finds, and you know, keep your eyes open essentially. So, was the story developed about the experience and the brand after, and that's where the decisions came from? For us, the fit out was definitely a, the the secondary yeah. idea. Was we knew exactly how the service and the drinks and how we wanted the feel of the place to to yeah. come across. More importantly than fit out yeah um, obviously that was very important but that, that was very much the start of the idea mm. that we wanted to continue the, the ethos of what we'd previously learned but in a different setting essentially the focus is very much on service and then then drinks gotcha and what about other things like the cocktails the projects the events like what is the process of coming up with ideas for those so it's very much a team thing and yeah i think one of the Big, big things for me is just talking to those around you and getting ideas, bouncing ideas off you. I'm lucky that my wife is business partner as well, essentially. Yeah. So, we, you know, we're very much um, into the same things and we seem just to be just back and forth, talk about these things. So, you know, after over a couple of drinks, you just figure out what you want. And, <laughs> so yeah, it starts just, with the drink. Oh, it's, you know, we, you've, got, you've got to live and breathe it, you know. It's, it's definitely, nice. uh, definitely part of my life is, uh, as much as I don't want to admit to my mother, is yeah. how much I drink. But, uh, you know. <laughs> so my next question was going to be, what do you do when you're stuck for motivation or ideas or inspiration? Is that cocktails? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, it's what we do. We just we go to other bars, we drink at other bars, we see what other people are doing, drink mm. cocktails, more importantly. And just to see where trends and things are moving. I've been lucky to drink in a lot of bars around the world and um, see how, how they do things there. Yeah. In terms of inspiration, you know, we just talk about what we want and then that's it. It's just from there. Projects and things like that. Parties are pretty much imagine what we would want to enjoy. Then it's simply how is it done? What do we do? Who do we get to help? You know, you've got to always got to think bigger picture, I guess, with these things. Not to load too much on yourselves, but yeah. get everyone else involved. In- the sometimes 
owning the way you do things or create things, your own idea and process quite can be quite tricky, especially when you are looking at other sources for inspiration and comparing. But for some people, it brings up this fear of not being valuable or good enough because you're not doing it like the status quo or like someone has done it in the past. Have you experienced that in your process so far? And what advice would you give to anyone trying to really stick to their guns, so to speak? Um, I definitely have. Um, I feel like I've I often struggle with uh, whether or not you know, the products that we put forward could it be better. The mm-hmm. idea is that we always want to strive, in, especially for in terms of the, the drinks. That can the drink be colder? Can it can it be a better can it be better made? Yeah. And so your drink is never perfect. So you always want to aim for that. But and then if you apply that to everything else, I do put a little bit of pessimism in into what I'm going to be doing. Just so I and there's I guess it's a a backup so that I don't get too disappointed if something doesn't happen, but yeah. it, it can roll over too much sometimes and get worried that not enough, not not kind of creative enough or, or ready for the, you know, the challenges, I guess. But um, in terms of getting past it, it's simply talking to other people and finding out that, you know, what you are doing is, is special or, or, you know, it's just continuous communication, I guess. So it's to keep objectively kind of looking at what you're doing, whether it could be better or not, and also keeping a conversation going with other people in terms of how they're receiving it. Yeah, not to get lost in yeah. my own head or, you know, that kind of thing, I guess. In that same sense, creating work that you love, but also accommodating for the people and the audience that you're creating it for can be quite tricky. And I feel like a large part of the work or the creative process involves how you get the audience to experience what you're creating and engage with what you're creating essentially would you say that's the same process for you to balance creating what you want to create what you love what is exciting you but also to the point where it's appreciated by the people that you created for as well well um it's usually important not to get carried away because obviously say for example in, in booze industry you got to learn a lot about all the different fantastic spirits and things and some of the, the weird and wonderful stuff might not be appreciated by your, your average kind of your average drinker you're, right. you know, you're kind yeah. of super crazy bitter amaro or you're, you're really super dry whiskey or something so you always have to do keep that in mind when you're trying to create a cocktail you've got to put it to the wider public i guess mm. um one of the great things about the creativity for us is there's such a backlog of these a huge collection of classic cocktails and how we make our drinks. When there is something that isn't in that gap, when someone asks for a certain flavour profile or something that's just essentially not there from our, our knowledge of drinks, mm-hmm. that's where we can really jump in and, and make something. And often or not, it's, it's not too wild and wonderful. They can be kind of approachable to other people. As long as we use a strict formula, which we, we've been given from mm-hmm. from these previous bars, um, and it's, it's great because you simply you apply the formula to a in terms of recipe, uh, to the to the new idea of drinking, you and yeah. try and get their their flavour profiles in there somehow and go from there. It's taking something that works, but then evaluating it and twisting it slightly, exactly, or adding extra elements to make it more, say, approachable. Yeah, definitely. For well, to make else. it work and, yeah. and to include that person's flavour profile, but then also not to alienate ninety you know, percent right. of the other people that would want potentially yeah. to drink something with. I think that's a great metaphor in general, although your example has been more in terms of specifically setting up a cocktail, Mm. 
But I think regardless of what you were creating, to go, okay, what is it that I'm doing? What's the nuts and bolts of it that make it function and work and deliver? But how can I tweak it to add a different element to it? And that maybe is a good way of measuring whether you're just doing something ad hoc for your own pleasure and really analyze how it's going to work with other people experiencing it. Well, we talked about communication and objective analysis of something when you are stuck for inspiration or motivation. But what about the flip side where you have too many ideas Right, because that can be another scenario. There's so many possibilities, um, things that you can do, and to filter it down to something, something that's actionable without getting overwhelmed, can be another challenge. Have you experienced overwhelm of ideas? <laughs> uh, definitely. Yeah. When, uh, when the prospect of actually opening up a bar was forward to us, it's just about 100 miles an hour. And yeah. What can we do? What What we want to do? Though, yeah. All All throughout the years, I've always come up with ideas in my head of what I'd like to do in terms of my own bar and things like that. And yeah, you kind of have to put the brakes on slightly just mm-hmm. to bring it back to the, to the nuts and bolts. Yeah. And part of that kind of um, going coming back to a, like a, a formula um, was very important to come back to the like to the ethos and the, the service first and how we want that to come forward mm-hmm. and then putting our own little twists on it. But yeah, they, once again, you know, the ideas of, I'd love to, yeah, we, we want to do more projects, obviously mm-hmm. in the future, big ones as well. And it is, it is hard not to run away with ideas. Just got to keep on coming back to the, what we want the customers to experience, what we would want to experience. And how long were you sitting in that space of going through possible ideas? Oh, I guess a, a couple of months of just continuously. Just, we could do this, we could do this. Maybe, yeah. You know, what if there were chandeliers at every table? You know, that's not, that's that never <laughs> happened. But, <laughs> that would be pretty good. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's dangerous. You can just carry away. And what was the process of filtering down? Okay, this is what we're going to do and why. What was the reason behind it getting to where it's now in terms of what the ethos is? Well, um, getting to that process was simply simplifying, calming ourselves down a little bit. And the ethos, is, I think, has always been pretty set. There's almost like a gentleman's conduct that we, we have as our rules. We adapted from the original rules of the, the bar that we, we stem from. It's, yeah, it's how to host, essentially. Yeah. And that's what we want to put forward the idea of you, you hosting your, your friends. I remember having a chat with my mother when I was a, you know trying to figure out what to do with the rest of my life and mm. the, the word host was, was there. I didn't know what to do with it, but right. to you know to host people in your house and have drinks with them. Right, so yeah. you weren't sure what that would look like, but that was something at the back of your mind that, that you always wanted to be a host of some sort. Yeah, well, Is so, that right? And this was in the context still of being a bartender. Yeah. But it was a very key word of bringing out what you know what what was yeah. really important to me out of this out of this yeah. job and yeah well at that point I didn't consider myself probably owning a bar mm. at this point I was very you know young at this, at this stage and but just that the very key element to it that really stuck with me was hosting uh, I'm a terrible host I get very very, very scared of you know as a, as a job role in the hospitality world yeah. of hosting of placing tables and all that kind of thing it's it's like a jigsaw yeah but um, put me behind the bar I'm much happier but still yeah. it's um as an idea of looking after people making them feel welcome in, in in your home or there in the in the space but really going back to how do you want people to feel and experience whatever you do yeah right would i would i enjoy being there myself yeah um, the same thing can be experienced in so many different ways right but what is it that is important for you in terms of setting up that experience and it's true to you as well because 
trying to be someone you're not as well could be quite emotionally <laughs> draining. <laughs> Definitely. It's, uh, I guess you've got to build, up, build on these things on your own background and things. Uh, do you feel you have any tools and practices or even mindsets that help you more, be more creative with your own work? It's a tricky one. Um, I mean, the tools are the, are those, are the old books, old cocktail books and things mm. like that, and things like just looking back to this old era of, uh, of cocktails, because we, you know, we believe in this simplistic kind of style of drink, that you go back to those, uh, the era, and you read what they, what they say and all that kind of thing, and yeah. it's, it's fantastic, you know, the, what they, what they put forward and how simple it is. You know, the tools are, are right there. It's the research, I guess. So it's uh, research and exploring what is already there. Is yeah, that right? uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, for me, the research was been laid down by the guy that taught me. He put in so much, so much work into this, and so he's created this uh, just branches of cocktails that we mm-hmm. simply use. Um, as a researcher myself, I'm just dipping my foot in, you know, just yeah. just starting really. But definitely the experience, getting even just work experience or or experiencing other bars, like getting, getting getting over there to other bars and seeing how they do it and that kind of thing once again. Just mm. that's that's the tools all around us, you know, the places to see what's happening to get more creative. Has that ever backfired in the sense where you've gone, Oh shit, will we ever be as good as this? The flip side of comparing and looking at other sources. Oh definitely. Uh, I mean the it's actually quite a positive thing for me in the sense it no matter how often you go and these other bars and talk to these other people always shown how little I know yeah. of the industry you know and just the science of everything else all the different aspects of it how big it is and well how little I know so it's, it's actually quite it's a bit worrying sometimes yeah. that I might not be able to explain things well or simply just not have that understanding that so many other people do but and, it's, and how do you come to terms with that how do you get out of that space and still keep on going and doing what you need to do. It's a love for the job, really. It's an excitement mm. for being there, talking to people every single day, realizing that every day is different because everyone's different that comes through the door. And having regulars come through, the, their days will be different. You know, it's always yeah. a different experience. Well, the job's never boring. It's exciting. Not knowing something just means I've got more to learn, yes. more, more to find out. Was that saying that the more you learn, the more you realize you need to learn? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> It have. certainly applies. Yeah. Well, going back to this idea of loving what you do, I feel like sometimes we're so caught up in the grind and getting through the daily routine of things, getting things done, that it can be easy to lose sight of why you love what you do. It makes you feel more exhausted at times and you're like, why did I start this again? <laughs> <laughs> what helps you stay connected and remind yourself of why you love what you do? Big question. Uh, it's um, mm-hmm. it's hard not to be connected in the bar issue simply because you are continuously talking to people. Someone's always telling you about another bar they went to, or and as long as you don't get too bogged down with the the systems, and you know you kind of create systems in the workplace to so that you don't have to think about them. Jobs can get done and the bar can work as it as it should do every day. Right. As long as you know you can make sure they're working fine, and you should have time to. You know, talk to people and get excited by projects. And so, taking time to really build your own excitement, yeah, and find projects that you want to do outside of that, definitely, and creating the space for it too. And that comes down just to organisation and making sure things work. You know, yeah, always been also have that time as well to be on hand for when things don't, because things break every day. Making sure that organising to the point where you can cope with those things, and then when things don't go wrong, you've got that time to build. That's true. 
So have you had moments going from there where you felt like a failure or like you sucked at something where something didn't work out, you know, crashed, burned, etc. How did you get back up from that? Can you recall? I've, I've definitely I've worked myself down to a, like a, I don't know, a shell of a person really. Mm. From that, from that lack of energy and that, that self-disbelief that how can I keep on doing this? How, you know, mm. that's definitely been the... the bit of an issue in the past just yeah. overworking I guess but yeah. I, mean, I, I love working so it's yeah. never too much of yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. an emotional strain but simply it sounds stupid but eating well trying to get sleep where you can but for me it was always just forgetting to eat and continuing to work without really looking after myself and then after that everything just seems to fall back in place looking after your health because if you don't have that then it just keeps depleting exactly right yeah that is so true I think that's something that gets overlooked sometimes in these conversations where the business of business is pretty exhausting a lot of the times and how you balance productivity and rest even because there's a lot of conversation on productivity do the schedule organize yourself but it was like where does rest come into that because that's what makes you able to sustain what you need to do for a longer period of time and also keep on potentially enjoying what you do because that's why you started because you loved it um how do you approach productivity and rest do you have any specific you've got the eating healthy and looking after your health is there any other say rituals or weekly or daily practices that keep you committed to that not so much i mean to be honest my eating habits are pretty terrible as well definitely um the amount i eat is very important to me that just continuously a lot of energy just yeah. doing, what, doing what we do so I do try and just eat as, as much as I physically can when yeah. I can in terms of routines not so much you know try and get six hours sleep and then, at least and then yeah. or, or walking up take the dog for a walk yeah. <laughs> oh, taking the dog for a walk oh, like, that would be really nice yeah. getting out into the fresh air that's it that yeah. help yeah. especially if you live in the nighttime. actually that's seeing true. some sunlight can be very helpful very nice. so how does that work with sleep just used to it over the last yeah, okay. 12 years or so of doing yeah. this yeah Go to sleep late, wake up late. Yeah, as long as you've got the hours, then you're good. I just want to go back and to retrace that in terms of going from the idea to then establishing a business and team around it. Part of getting the right team was just talking, getting to know people from the group and that sort of thing. Were there other elements that helped set up a framework or the foundations to the point that you knew that you that you were ready, set to go in the best way possible? I mean, a team, team alone was not too much of a worry once we met the people. Because yeah. no matter who we hire, it's always you have to relearn, have to kind of set back and use our formulas, use our methods for making drinks. So with that, you relearn everything. So it doesn't matter if they've got lots of experience or no experience. We, yeah. As long as it's the right personality, you're laughing really. So there was, there was there was a lot of concerns with the ice program and things like that. So obviously we, we so we what's the ice program? So we shake every drink with one large block of ice. Yeah. Um, for to help control temperature and dilution. Yeah. Um, but simply managing that amount of ice with lots of freezers or even setting up a potential ice company where we would use large fancy machinery to yeah. produce all this this amount of ice we need was was always worrying. Still is worried today that we don't quite keep up with with demand. Because yeah. it's, it's very a lot of space and a lot of time to make it work. Just to make sure that we can get the product where we want it to be. Mm-hmm. So making sure that drink is shaken with the right appropriate ice every single day, every single drink. Uh, so a lot of it is like the logistics of how everything's going to operate. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and has that 
been quite straightforward from the get-go or has there been quite a few quite a lot of evolution in that well, it was pretty we, we knew roughly what we wanted and there's always yeah. you've got to make things work and fit yeah. in the spaces that you have yeah. one of the great things i do love about what we do is that there is always a, a very small element of uh, evolving uh, simply in just even just the method itself how, yeah. how you make that method work with the products you have in the space that you have and how to make it faster so using the space around you what what you can change and manipulate to mm. make service work faster something we're still working on today and little little things we can always change little tweaks exactly yeah, yeah. which probably you're never done with right there's always something to tweak <laughs> Listen, that's, that's, I, love it. I just love this idea that you know you can you know the drink's never perfect why not try something to make it closer to that you know it's exciting cool and where does this vintage aspect of it come from was that from from the previous bar experience as well yeah definitely yeah so they you know they took their recipes from these old books i see and okay. and that was it just going back to this this day where prior to the prohibition and people were out drinking manhattans every single day and the golden era of drinking they, they call it you know and it just fits so well we, we've we've merged a couple of themes i guess together especially with our music but definitely the the drinks come from this area and so we'll we just build on that has there been anything that you feel has developed, helped you develop more courage and confidence in your journey and work so far? Um, you were just saying before how believing in what you do is, has been the biggest yeah. thing to work on for you. What I, has helped you kind of build your courage around that as well and confidence? I guess the, the community that we, we work in mm-hmm. around, their, um, their support has been fantastic. Having come from this, this previous place to, from Melbourne with this experience, coming here um it's just been so well received knowing that what the the product is that we with that we do and we sell the industry around us has been fantastic you know being able to ask for help how to get set up in a, in a new country and you know yes. all that kind of thing all of the bartenders and business and stuff have been great it's like when you feel the most vulnerable and you're in a very unknown territory as well or in a new territory yeah. everything is you know quite fresh you really appreciate the people who are like, oh, this is so cool, thank you. Yeah. Or like, this is a cool idea. It really fuels you. Because when you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I think it's a great idea, but I'm so bored of working on this now, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is yeah. this a good idea? <laughs> and then someone comes along like, this is great. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> back on track. Yeah. I feel a bit better. <laughs> it's, um, it's, like, it's like a fine line where you're like, you shouldn't. Be too overly concerned about, you know, everyone liking what you do. But at sometimes you also need, you know, those couple of people to yeah, go, so hey, yeah, yeah, you got this, you yeah, got this. Definitely. Try not to count my Facebook likes. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got two, I'm happy. <laughs> That's, it's, honestly, it's a pitfall. You get stuck in that yeah. thing, waiting for more, you know. Oh, yeah. no, I, I barely touch it, it scares me. What are the most important lessons that your journey has taught you so far? To definitely not rely on that community, but, but get involved and use other people's you know, talents and expertise for what they are and ask people for the right help, not just to kind of try and do it on our, on our own. You know. Well, yeah, ask for help. Just get, get involved and talk to people. It's really helped. That's probably the biggest... So it's awesome. It seems like talking to people and engaging is a huge part of clarifying a lot of things for you guys. Yeah, right? just yeah. always been part of that kind of open conversation because it's the the industry that we're in always evolves always change for what we do we, we take a step back we go backwards in terms of you know simplicity and just try and keep things as, as simple as possible but that's not to say it doesn't need to change in its environment and everything else so talking to people has always been 
I don't know, how I learn, I guess, how I develop. Well, it seems like I've chosen the perfect quote to finish off with based on that. Um, And it's this quote by Charles Mingus where he says that creativity is more than just being different. Anybody can plan weird. That's easy. Making the simple, awesomely simple, that's creativity. So you mentioned the word simple quite a few times. I was like thinking, man, oh, that's great choice of quote, the creative. <laughs> but making the simple, awesomely simple, that's creativity. What do you think about that? I just think it's, um, I think it's right. You know, like, because from that, well, from our perspective, you can, you take it, tweak it ever so slightly, and you've got a personalized product thing, uh, experience. If you take it in terms of uh, flavor profiles, for example, if you overcomplicate a drink with too many ingredients, you, you're going to miss out on something. You're not going to taste yeah. the full spectrum of what's going into that drink. You bring it right down to the to the very basics, and you've got great. And cocktail has three ingredients, and it will mm. stand the test of time. It will, you know, the Manhattan will still be drunk in a hundred years, and, and it's bloody fantastic. Just keep things nice and simple. And Would you say you could say that about lots of things? Again, using that as a as an example and a metaphor that you can't enjoy everything at the same time right yeah if you get swamped by yeah you know if you can see a purpose if you can see a pattern or like a a real clear message coming through from whatever it is that you want to put forward then you're more likely to get someone believing it or or enjoying it rather than confusing or you know anything like that it's um yeah really important to keep keep things simple awesome that was a good way to finish off thank you So that's it for this episode of Curiously Creative. We hope it has sparked a little, or a lot, of creativity and curiosity in you. Curiously Creative is a production by Curiously Creative. Who would have thought? So if you'd like to know our comings and goings, and check out some more inspiring content, head on over to curiouslycreative.co.nz. Until the next episode, with lots of love and a massive splash of joy, Akriti, your creative curiosity advocate. Oh, and if you enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a comment on iTunes, as it helps more people find these conversations.